thing, the transcription feature, Superman. And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth on the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. Superman, in the guise of Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen, are visiting the ranch of a wealthy Indian oil man called Comanche Joe. Many strange accidents have happened on the ranch, and each one has been preceded by the lonely cry of a coyote. As our last episode ended, Comanche Joe, convalescing from burns, sustained during a fire at the oil wells, and received a message saying that when the coyote howled three times, he would die. We find ourselves now in Comanche's bedroom at the ranch house. His brothers of the Comanche tribe are seated in a circle on the floor, beating drums to ward off evil spirits. Outside the house, many other Indians stand guard. Look there, Kent. The edge of the moon over Sugarloaf Mountain. Somehow, somehow I have a feeling my time has come. Comanche, I tell you, you're... Listen. There it is. That is the second time. When the coyote howls three times, I die. You've got to hold on to yourself. You mustn't let this thing get the better of you. It's no use, Kent. There's nothing we can do against this thing. When the coyote howls... I'm going to die, Kent. I'm going to die. Quiet. Won't do anyone any good to get excited. How will I die? How will death come for me? And why doesn't it come? The coyote has howled three times. To... Wait. Open up the light in here. What's happening? The window. Someone, something has come through that window. I heard the glass. Wait. I know there's something in this room. A scream. Right outside my window. Come. We go. Wait here. Kent. Where's Kent? Right here, Comanche. Where have you been? Did you hear that scream? Yes, it came from right outside your window. We'd better see what caused it. Yes. There, look. Uh, your men have gotten hold of someone. Uh, someone lying on the ground outside your window. Oh, yes. oh. It's an Indian brave. Oh. What could have happened to him? <laughs> what was he doing so close to my window? Uh, we'll soon find out, I think. Uh, yes, bring that man forward. <laughs> Who is this man? We not know. Him not our tribe. Let me go. Let me go, you hear? No, he's not a member of the tribe. He's not even an Indian. Comanche, I think if you dig down beneath that war paint and that Indian costume, you'll find one of your cowboys, a man called Tex. Tex? Oh. Uh, of course. Tex, what's the meaning of this? What were you doing outside my window? Why are you dressed like an Indian? I'll tell you anything. Anything you want to know. Just keep that thing away from me. Keep it away from me. What are you talking about? What thing? Whatever it was, come through that window at me. I was standing out here, looking in through the window, when sudden like the lights inside went out. The next thing I know, this, this thing crashed through the window at me. It, it come right out of your room, through the window. Its hands went around my throat. I thought my neck was busted. I, I never did feel anything so strong before. Is that why you screamed? Yeah, I thought I was a corner sure. Something crashed through the window from my room. What could it have been? Eagle huh? in shape of man. What's that? In your room. We beat drum. We call spirit who save little laughing squirrel. We call spirit of eagle in shape of man. Spirit of Superman. Superman. Kent, do you... Do you think it might have been that... 
afraid I don't put much stock in things like that, Comanche. What I'm more interested in knowing is what Tex was doing outside your window before this thing, whatever it was, hit him. Yes, you've got something there. All right, Tex. If you know what's good for you, you'll talk. I'll talk. Don't worry. I ain't taking no more chances, Comanche. I... Uh, yes, you what? I was aiming to, to... You were aiming to kill Comanche, is that it? Kill him? I don't know. All I know is Rawson, give me this blowgun. Rawson? That, that blowgun? Let me see that blowgun. Oh, this is how Dusty met his death. You mean to say, Kent, that Dusty was killed with a blowgun? Yes. Just as you might have been killed if if something hadn't happened to prevent it. Here, have a look. See, there's a small dart. Hardly more than a piece of thorn. No doubt coated with something deadly poison. That's why we found no wounds or other marks on Dusty's body. Rawson probably opened the window of the living room where we were standing at the time without our knowing it. And blew the small dart at Dusty. Just as Tex here was going to do with you. Why, you blasted murdering... I didn't know how to kill you. Rawson put me up to it. It was Rawson, I swear. Then it looks like the first thing we've got to do is to get Rawson. You, my brothers, some of you hold this man prisoner. The rest of you come with me. Come on, Kent. We're going to get our hands on Rawson and get to the bottom of this killing business right now. Open up in there, Rawson. Open up. All right, we'll have to break the door down. Lend a hand here, Kent. Okay, Comanche. Come on. He's not here. Uh, There's no one here. Oh, I see. I wonder if he's... Oh, the devil, he's escaped. He must have heard of Texas capture and skinned off into the hills. But he's only got a 10 or 15 minute start, Comanche. That's true, but we could never find him in the mountains. Why? He's a good woodsman. He'll be covering his tracks all the way. Uh, Comanche become like pale-faced. Comanche forget what Indian know. What are you talking about, my brother? Us, your brothers. Us capture Rawson. But how? Even you couldn't follow the trail that Rawson's taken pains to cover up. Maybe he's got another idea, Comanche. He's so. Maybe it takes time. One day. Two days. Maybe more. But we get him. We get him. Are you sure? You wait. You see. Out of show. Out of show. Bent on following some plan of their own for the capture of Rawson, Comanche's Indian brothers leave him. Kent and Comanche return to the ranch house, where a surprise awaits them. Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed Jones. Hiya, Comanche. Just arrived back here a little while ago. What's all the ruckus? I'll tell you about it later, but how did you get back here? Yes, and where's Jimmy Olsen? Why, he's the reason I come on back here tonight. The doctor says he's fit enough to be moved back to the ranch house tomorrow morning. But he says we'll have to use a gas buggy. Can't have the boy traipsing around on a horse. Well, I don't know how to operate one of them gas buggies, Critter, so uh, I thought I'd get Comanche here or you can't to drive over for him tomorrow. Why didn't you telephone? Well, I wanted to get back here so as I could uh, finish up working on that bow and arrow set for Jim there. If it's ready for him, when you bring him back here tomorrow? How about it, Kent? Will you drive over in the morning? I'll drive over tonight if you don't mind. I'm kind of a little anxious to see Jimmy again. I don't blame you. All right, Kent. We'll get the old buggy out and brush it off so you can drive over tonight. Meanwhile, off in the hills, Indian tom-toms begin to beat. All through the night, the strange drumming of the tom-toms is heard. As dawn breaks over the mountains, a weary and anxious Rawson rides alone through the wilderness. Them engines and their blasted drums have been circling me all night, throwing in on me closer and closer. I'm completely surrounded, surrounded by a circle of engines getting closer to me all the time. I'll never be able to get through. Well, there's only one thing to do. 
I'm heading for the cave. I've got a carbine and plenty of ammunition. I'll be able to hold them off for a while anyways. Maybe something will turn up. But if it don't, well, I'll get a lot of them before they get me. Get up there. Get up. Comanche, them drums has been beating all night and all morning. Yes, Tumbleweed. Now I know what my Indian brother meant last night when he said they'd capture Rawson in time. From the sound of those drums, they've got Rawson encircled. It won't be long before they'll have him. And uh, what you say, we ride on up there. I want to be there when they get their hands on Rawson. You say Rawson is in that cave? It's so, Comanche. Rawson in cave. Rawson, good shot. Him, him kill. First man go near him. He's got the advantage, all right. The entrance to that cave isn't very large. No chance of getting in without Rawson getting the drop on you. Well, I'll have to chance it. Rawson's a good shot, but I may be able to get him before he gets me. I reckon is how you got that wrong, Comanche. Now, wait a minute, Tumbleweed. I got to settle with Rawson for what he did to little Jimmy. This is my job, Comanche. The man who goes in there after him, Tumbleweed, probably won't come out alive. I know that. But somebody's got to go in after him, and it's going to be me. Now, hold on, Tumbleweed. I've been the cause of all this trouble. We're wasting time, Comanche. We're tossing coin. Whoever wins goes in after Rawson. That okay with you? All right. I'll toss the coin. I'm calling heads, Comanche. Heads it is. Now, Tumbleweed. Don't you worry about me, none. I've been itching for this chance for a long, long time. You better take my carbine. Carbine? I don't have no truck with firearms. If I can't put an arrow through Rawson's heart, I don't deserve to come out alive. Rawson. Rawson, can you hear me? I hear you all right. I aim to give you one chance for your life. Come on out of that cave and come quiet, and you'll get a trial below. You want me to come away? You'll have to come in and get me. That's what I was hoping. Rawson, here I come. Bow and arrow in hand, Tumbleweed Jones moves slowly, carefully toward the entrance to the cave. Rawson, carbine ready, waits to put a bullet through his heart. Can Jimmy Olsen's friend possibly emerge victorious? And what can Superman, unaware of Tumbleweed's danger, do to help? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky. Look, it's a plane. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. January 3rd, 1941. 
The Howling Coyote, 10. Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt, and there is a lot to unwrap in this one. First off, what a relief that Comanche Joe survived the episode, as Clark made a daring rescue, hitting the lights, flying out the window, knocking Tex down, wrapping his hands around his neck, and getting out of there before anybody knows it was him. At least, that's what I think happened. We know that the Indian Braves think it's the eagle in shape of man spirit that they were trying to summon with their tom-toms. And for a while, the first time I heard it actually was thinking that maybe it was Jimmy. You know, I have that theory that he will do something super in this episode, in this storyline, due to the fact that he had that blood transfusion from Superman. But I don't think that is what happened as Clark was going to go find Jimmy or pick him up from the doctors. Plus, Clark would have seen if it was Jimmy, presumably. They find out from Tex that it is Rawson who is behind everything. That he is the one that instructed Tex to fire a poison dart from a blowgun at Comanche Joe. And we know now that's probably how Dusty was killed earlier in the storyline when Rawson got him with a poisoned dart from a blowgun. I'm wondering the sense of betrayal Comanche Joe was feeling at this time. Here was his ranch foreman. And we know that Comanche Joe is one of the richest oil barons in the West, but he seems like he's a great boss. He wanted to make sure those medical expenses were covered. Probably wanted to care for the families of the victims from these accidents that were occurring. And he was the one that demand, demanded, he assumed the risk when he tried to use the cans of nitroglycerin to blow out the fires. Well, we they go to find Rawson, who is already on the lam must have heard of Texas capture is what they say but the Indians say it's a matter of time but they'll find him Clark and Comanche Joe head back to Comanche Joe's house and that's when Tumbleweed Jones is there and they find out that they can uh, pick him up in a car and this is when Clark leaves the episode and Comanche Joe, or as we catch up with Rawson, he is starting to panic, being uh, surrounded. He's hearing the tom-toms surrounding him, but he knows there's a cave he can go to. And so he has there, he knows he has a carbine. I looked up what a carbine is. I was sure it was a firearm, but I didn't know what type. And it it is a short rifle or musket. So... His plan is to take as many of them out as he can and hopefully make an escape. But right now he just knows he's surrounded. As Tumbleweed Jones and Rawson, or Tumbleweed and Comanche Joe get there, they decide who's going to go because it's a strategic location. Strategic location. And that Rawson has and 
he'll pick off anybody that comes near this cave entrance. Well, they kind of get into a talk about it. And I'm going to play a little clip here. Because they kind of argue about who's going to assume the risk and try to take Rawson down. Somebody's got to go in after him, and it's going to be me. Now hold on, Tumbleweed. I've been the cause of all this trouble. We're wasting time, Comanche. We'll toss a coin. Whoever wins goes in after Rawson. That okay with you? All right. I'll toss the coin. I'm calling heads, Comanche. Heads it is. Now, Tumbleweed. Don't you worry about me, none. I've been itching for this chance for a long, long time. You better take my carbine. Carbine? I don't have no truck with firearms. If I can't put an arrow through Rawson's heart, I don't deserve to come out alive. This clip tells us a lot about Tumbleweed. I get the impression that it is a two-headed coin. I don't know why, but I think that Tumbleweed is employing a two-face move here. I think that also the it does make me think about some backstory world building in my head when Tumbleweed says that he's been itching for this chance for a long, long time. I think what may have happened is that Rawson was selected to be the ranch foreman and Tumbleweed was a little jealous because when it was time that he was looking for a ranch foreman, Tumbleweed probably made some nice fudge on a plate to sweeten the pot and gave it to Comanche Joe, and Comanche Joe sure loved it. But he was thinking at the end of the day, Rawson has a better business acumen. Well, Rawson probably lied on his resume because he is a jerk. Tumbleweed Jones can't help but like Comanche Joe, though, because he's a great boss and a likable fella. In actuality, I don't know that Tumbleweed works for Comanche Joe. They could just be great friends. The way that Comanche Joe thought Rawson was a great friend. He's probably thinking, what in the world happened to you? It's bad enough that you had to do it to yourself. But taking someone with you, well, you know that's something else. When he is, when Rawson's in this cave and fixing to kill any Indian or man that comes close within range. So that concludes my comments on this episode. And I will say that outside the radio show on January 3rd, 1941, Superman number nine hit the shelves. And I'm going to play a song at the end to conclude the episode will be The Offspring, What Happened to You? Superman, created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, and is copyright DC Comics. Theme song was Them's Coyotes by Man's Ear. All music used is copyright the respective copyright holders. Thanks for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. If you'd like to send feedback to the show, 
give me your thoughts on the show or the podcast. You may do so in a variety of places. Superman Re- Radio Revisited on Twitter, at Radio Superman. There's a Facebook group, or you can send a voice message that I can play on the show through the Anchor app. Thank you, and goodbye. What in the world?